0: under the Jews, a stumbling block, under the Greeks, foolishness, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now, here's
1: your host, Thomas Irvin. Welcome back to the Plenteous Redemption podcast. Thank you again for coming and listening. And once again, I hope these um, broadcasts concerning worldview issues have been a a help and a blessing to you. I hope they encourage you to learn about the the people of this world and their cultures and, and that that motivates you to effectively preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to those needy, needy people before they step out into eternity before it's too late. And um, that's our aim. That's our goal. Now we're going to pick back up in our worldview study, and uh, we're still looking at this from an anthropological perspective. And um, uh, I believe this is going to be, Lord willing, the last broadcast on this from this perspective. We're going to look at a few models, um, a a dynamic model. We're going to look at a practical model, and then we're going to briefly discuss the utility of, of these issues. Now, before we venture into the next set of ideas, it is essential to note that many theories and ideas regarding worldview make a fundamental mistake. They present the idea that reality is subject to society's view of the world. That's not true. That's very problematic. We're not going to, as Christians, we don't go down that road. That's how you end up with (laughs) green hair, blue hair, gender confusion racism to somehow stop racism you, you you become racist so that you can stop racism i mean that makes that, that that's the fundamental idea of critical race theory if you become the racist then you can somehow stop racism i mean it makes it makes no sense whatsoever that's what happens when you detach yourself from reality there's no such thing as reverse racism there's no i mean racism it, it, it is what it is God is no respecter of persons. As Christians, we are no respecter of persons. That means your skin color doesn't matter. Your financial status doesn't matter. Your gender confusion doesn't matter. You need the gospel. You need Jesus Christ. That's what we're gonna stay focused on. Now, reality does not shift, but a society's view of reality may change in favor of or become hostile against reality. I don't believe it is proper to approach these ideas with the assumption that we are learning what reality is for different groups or societies. I, I, I think that's a, a fundamental mistake that doesn't need to exist. Um, that, that's to play into the hand of you know, relativism, essentially, the modern day postmodernism. Uh, we're, not, we're not going down that road. Instead, we are learning how other groups or societies view Reality. Now, that's acceptable. That's reasonable. Um, different cultures, different societies, people from different backgrounds, they're going to view reality differently, and that's okay. But that doesn't change the fundamental reality itself. It, that, that's, that's important to note, and that's an idea that we want to fundamentally pin down and, and never, never step away from that. Uh, we w- we want to cling to that. This distinction is important. It takes us back to the rank order view at the beginning of our study on worldview issues. Our relationship to reality is essential to produce a coherent and truthfully and integrated society. It also happens that the more in line society is with biblical principles, the more they will thrive as an honest moral agent in this world. Again, that doesn't mean they're they're Christian. At no time was America Christian, but for a long time, America was overwhelmed with biblical principle, and that's what created the, the greatness of our country, and our departure from that will be our downfall. You, you can Whether you agree with that or not, or whether you like that or not, it's, it's just a fact. The more we were rooted, the more Western society was rooted in biblical principle. Again, they, not that they were Christian but the work ethic, the family ideas about family, um language, the way you spoke to other pe- to each other, um ideas about sex and and what it's for and who it's for. Um all these were fundamental biblical principles that that as a society we we at least for the most part loosely adhered to and it created the greatest country the world has ever seen. And as we move away from that, we are creating the most confused country the world has ever seen. This is true because God created reality and embedded a certain deep measure of objectivity into the fabric of reality. And that's what's killing people. They hate it. Um, Why can't I call myself a woman? First of all, I don't know why you'd want to do that. That means that you have some mental, emotional issue that certainly needs to be, looked at. Um, but the reason you can't do that is because it is contrary to reality. You will never be a woman. If you were born biologically a man, you can never be a woman. It it, it can never happen. Uh, but you, you can, you can never change your gender. It's not going to happen. You can dress up like a woman, which by the way, I find it fundamentally interesting That when a man wants to display himself as a woman, the first thing he does is goes and buys dresses and grows his hair out long. (laughs) And yet, a large portion of uh, the Christian church, of the Christian faith, they don't think there's any fundamental... Reason that a, a man should dress like a man or a woman should dress like a woman, yet when a man wants to become transgender, what he knows is that in order to accomplish that, there is a a way that women dress, and he 's going to go and try and present himself that way just find that I just find that interesting, you know um, not more to it than than that. I just thought you might find that interesting as well um, I, I thank God for my wife, she dresses like a lady now, as far as I know, I dress like a man. <laughs> And, and I also find it interesting They you can buy, at least until recent years, you could buy pants made for women, but you could never buy a dress made for men. It just, it just doesn't exist. Um, anyways, none of that has anything to do with what we're talking about. I just thought it was interesting. The more a society's view of reality is at odds with biblical principles, the more that society will exist in a problematic state. Chaos. Now what will, what will temper that chaos is if the society collectively is moving in the same direction. It, it will appear not to be chaotic, but then the, the ultimately, the, the state, the, the society, the culture is going to just completely fail. Uh, it, it's going to fall apart. It will never grow. If you consider, you think about you know, the ultimate issue in Africa. It's not skin color, it's culture the 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 the, uh, the collective decisions of the culture of the societies um, that's that's their downfall they 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 do not live and work and and structure their families in accord with biblical principles now it's interesting there is a there is a lot of cultural um, you know overflow from Middle Eastern potentially Jewish um, uh, cultural ways of doing things, you find a lot of that represented in Africa. Um, I was talking to missionary Keith Stensis recently, and he was explaining how right now he's teaching a class in the Bible school here on cultural customs and and, and Bible customs, things like that. Uh, geography and customs, I think is what it's called. And so he was talking about how in one class he lined up the way that the historical Jewish traditional way of doing things like, for instance, marriage. And then he lined up the way Ugandans do it. And there was a lot of bleed over. It was was very interesting. There was a lot of similarity. But when it comes to what God says about work, what God says about honesty, what God says about how to structure the family after marriage, uh, there's no bleed over. Uh, it, It doesn't exist. It's very rare to find men and women here who, to a large extent, adhere to biblical truth and biblical principles. And um, of course, we see it in the church. People who graduate the Bible school, um, they begin to apply it to their lives, and it makes a massive difference. and And it's it's a blessing to see. Uh, but as a society, that's not true. They, they they don't do that as a society, and and so that's the problem. That's the that's the downfall. That's the issue. And as long as that continues, it's going to continue to be the downfall, and and the issue. So. Now, with that said, for our understanding of worldview to be accurate, we must approach the topic with a more dynamic model. While I am a fan of the more static models, because as a Christian, we're we're a little bit more static in life, where they call us (laughs) narrow-minded, and that's okay. The Bible says narrow is the way, and so that that's all right. Um, When it comes to trying to understand the, the, what undergirds a society, the worldview that, that is propping them up, uh, while I would prefer a static society that adheres to biblical principle, um, that's not, that's, that's not going to help me understand other societies because they are more dynamic. Um, there is, there's a lot of fluctuation. There's a lot of change. There's a lot, there's a lot goes in that goes into those other societies. So, uh, we gotta, we gotta be more dynamic. Um, while I'm a fan of more static models, they fail to apply their rigidity in a way that would be biblically acceptable. Uh, in most cases, they fail to account for societal change uh, regarding their overall worldview. That is, a more static model, uh, if you're trying to understand a culture or society, they don't account for for the dynamics, the change, the fluctuation. Um, once you apply just a, a rigid, static view, of of the term worldview, you kind of lock yourself in. And then when you reach a point of confusion, you can't, you can't get beyond that because you've locked yourself into this, this very rigid model of trying to understand. And and we don't want to do that. When it comes to understanding worldviews, we need to be dynamic. When it comes to applying a worldview, we want to be very static. We want to, we want to look to the Bible, find out what it says, apply that to our life and, and then just stay there. And and that's the safe ground, the word of God. Um, In most cases, they fail to account for societal change regarding their overall worldview. In my case, I expect a society's relationship to reality, as defined biblically, to remain static in the most rigid form. Thus, we would do well to view worldview in light of multiple themes. Okay, I want my worldview, I want my society, if, if I could be in charge. And I said, this is how we're going to live. We would adopt a a very static, rigid, Bible-based worldview. All right. Now, I don't mean that I would make everybody Christian. What I mean is that 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 would be the foundation of our worldview if I could have it that way. Um, Unfortunately, that's not the way it is. So you have to be more dynamic when it comes to interpreting societal direction and and understanding and, and their view of the world at large. So you've got you to look at it in light of multiple themes. The number of worldview themes may be limited, but we can better understand society's worldview by looking at their plurality of potential worldviews. The key to understanding the worldview of a country is to identify and study the plurality of local worldviews within that society. From that vantage point, one must then explore the relationship those worldviews have with each other within the larger society. Right, So, I mean, this is definitely true in a country like America, where um, we are a melting pot of just numerous peoples from all over the world. Imagine trying to determine the worldview of America. <laughs> now, again, at one time, the people who came to America removed themselves from the country that they were so ready to abandon because it was a garbage country, <laughs> because it was a failed state, because there's no opportunity there. There's no future there. They were willing to come and adopt the American mindset. And so it was much easier, even with such a diverse crowd of people, there was still this undergirding. There was still this worldview that propped everyone up and it made everyone, it gave everyone an opportunity to be successful, prosperous, and to have a future. Um, That's not the case anymore. Now people leave a failed state, like say Venezuela, move to America, and then try to live in America as a Venezuelan. It just, it's not going to work. That's going to cause, eventually the society is going to fall apart. Now that doesn't mean that, you know, you go to New York, you have um, large sections, large collections, and and it's been this way for (laughs) probably since New York has existed, uh, large collections of different people groups like the Irish live here. The Jews live there, the Chinese section of town, the the Japanese section of town, the Russian section of town. You have all these different people who who live in New York city, but they, they, they have lived side by side and they've been just fine. I I don't, I don't think there's a problem with people congregating to, uh, with people congregating to people who are more familiar to their background. I don't think that's racist. I don't, I don't think there's any issue with that. I think that's just a natural thing. I don't think that's a problem. Um it becomes a problem when you do that at the expense of the broader society, the country as a whole. If 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 you're an Italian American, okay, I mean that you're an American or you're not, but if you if you want to maintain uh, to some extent your Italian heritage, praise the Lord. Um there there there's a lot uh, you know uh, there, there's a lot that could be brought to America and, and it would help make America better. But if that's that needs to be done as it as it previously was done with the understanding that you are now an American, you're not Italian, you're not an Italian American, you're an American, you're not a black American, you're an American. And and insofar as you can bring the good aspects of your previous culture to America and help strengthen America, praise the Lord, bring it on. But if you're going to bring the negative aspects of your culture, the reason you left your society, your culture, no, thank you. <laughs> We're not interested. So anyways, that that's, we got to look at when it comes to America, you got to look at the, I mean, that's a massive perspective to gain to understand the country, the state. I mean, you try to pin down the worldview of New York City. It's just, you're dealing with a lot of different people and you can't let the internet be the um, the, the guide for that, because what is presented on the internet is typically not true on the ground. Uh, so you, you, you got to separate those two. Now we again, separate the parts from the whole and review them from their bo- from both perspectives, the whole in the direction of its parts and the parts in the direction of the whole in this way, an accurate underlying worldview can then be assessed. Approaching the idea from this perspective will help to identify and possibly even isolate specific societal themes. A theme may present itself by way of culture, cultural limitations. These cultural limitations tend to place uh, parameters of control that set acceptable boundaries on human behavior. Culture ha- the the, the um, control of a culture, I mean, it's, it's, it's strong and and can can play a major role in what what you find acceptable to do and not to do like at one time it was unacceptable to take children to watch transgender men dance around in lingerie that that I mean for quite a while that was unacceptable in America and now suddenly the those cultural limitations have been broken down thanks to the sexual revolution and all that followed from that with the LGBTQ and, and, and um, all, all the gender identity and sexual confusion revolutions that have taken place in our country. They made a lot of leeway. They made a lot of headway. Uh, so uh, we want those cultural limitations. But again, if I get to choose, I want them to exist from a biblical perspective. Uh, again, not, not a Christian perspective, There's a slight difference there. If if biblical principle is applied, that society is going to do well. Um, You know. So, anyways, we'll we'll discuss those things more uh, later. These cultural limitations tend to place parameters of control that set acceptable boundaries on human behavior. Violating these boundaries can elicit strong and possibly even violent reactions. I lived in Saudi Arabia for over three years, and the compound I lived on was was guarded by the Saudi military. One evening, myself and two other men were driving out of the gate to go into town for some necessary shopping. The person in the back seat was new to Saudi Arabia, he was an American, and had not taken the time to gain an understanding of basic customs, nor did he seem concerned (laughs) about doing so. As we drove through the gate, he was lying in the back seat, his head on the passenger side and his feet on the driver's side. As we pass through the gate, the Saudi guards stand on the the driver's side. Whether entering or exiting, as we drove out, the person in our back seat had his feet up in the window, facing the guards as we departed. (laughs) Showing someone the bottom of your feet in Saudi Arabia is highly offensive. They were so angry they refused to allow him to return without a groveling apology. These societal boundaries are very real and can significantly damage one's testimony. Uh, in Saudi Arabia, in the Middle East in general, you don't show someone the bottom of your feet. That is, it, it is, that is a, a direct insult. In fact, they take that as you are trying, you are deliberately trying to insult them. And they will absolutely take it that way. And, and um, now you imagine, I wasn't a Christian at the time and didn't really care. Uh, and now it wasn't me. I, I didn't care, but I also didn't go around with my feet propped up trying to offend people. Uh, now, as a Christian, I, you, you got to be careful, as I want souls to be one to Christ. And so I don't want to unnecessarily offend people. So you got to keep these things in mind. Within this idea of themes that regulate boundaries and behavior are the ideas of counter themes. Counter themes serve to prevent certain areas of cultural dominance. Necessary pushback prevents a society from degrading into respective forms of radicalism. American individualism, if taken too far, could be destructive to society. It needs the counterbalance of family and community. We should appreciate that rugged American individualism, but not to the extent that we are incapable of being productive members of society. On the other hand, We have well-documented atrocities that come at the hand of collectivism and should avoid such doctrines at all costs. American individualism coupled with useful forms of community provides a healthy balance and counterbalance. In America, adults are responsible for their children, and we have strong cultural expectations in this regard, at least we used to. But when that child or those children turn 18 as an adult, um, they are free to leave and start their own lives if they so choose. A few cultural themes require that child to stay home, though they have reached the, the perceived age of adulthood. In some cultures, a child leaving home at 18 would be blasphemous and could result in serious trouble. I don't necessarily agree with that idea that once you turn 18, you got to move out. Um, I, I would direct that more towards young men than young women, but from a Christian perspective, not an American perspective, but from a Christian perspective, I think your children need to stay home with you for as long as reasonably possible. Keep that family together until until they get married and they're ready to set out and start their own family. Um, that's just my opinion. In biblical culture, I would suggest your child stay home as long as they reasonably can without being a hindrance to their parents or themselves. The responsibility that comes with sharing a new life of independence is good for some young people, but it is likewise detrimental to most others. And I think that's absolutely true. Generally speaking, the idea that an 18-year-old child is somehow prepared to face the world alone and start their own life is asinine. Most notably, if we consider that many 18-year-olds were encouraged to waste their lives playing for 18 years and now suddenly should take up the responsibilities of adulthood. Uh, that's not a good combination. That's setting them up for failure. In this way, a, a stronger dose of counter-theme to the American individualism we also love would be helpful, or at least better preparation, preparation for a life of rugged individualism throughout childhood. The idea of themes and counter-themes also reinforces the reality that we must account for change. Rigid worldview theories will hinder our ability to authentically understand the deep, driving forces of culture. Themes and counter-themes are not necessarily opposites. They can be like polarities and operate along a continuum. At times, they reinforce one another, and at other times, they push against each other, providing balance. At some point, one theme may dominate the other, but there is rarely such an overwhelming dominance that a counter theme passes off the scene, it may evolve, grow, or decline, but rarely dissolves altogether. Understanding the complex dynamics of themes and their counter themes is best studied from internal sources. When we view these situations from the outside perspective, we unintentionally impose an external theme in the mix. But if we gain an interior view, most notably from persons who grew up under the tension of respective themes and counter themes, we can adequately understand their worldview. As a missionary in Uganda, I have opinions about Ugandan's choices, lifestyles, and views of everyday situations. I'm always amazed by their answers and often scratch my head wondering how another human being could view the world in such a way. But what helps is to hear how how they came to their conclusions. And while the end result may still be ludicrous, I gain insight by learning how they came to such findings. Negotiating society in this way is important because societies are domains of competition in which the presentation of ideas are paramount. Christians have failed to understand this. Instead, we have taken a passive and shameful approach to be instant in season and out of season. This flow and competition between theme and counter theme are continually up for grabs to the most persistent athlete in the realm of ideas. This is precisely how the LGBT movement has taken so much ground, and that's important to consider. A tiny minority of perverted individuals refused to be silent. They have imposed their views on an entire society that profoundly disagree with every aspect of their doctrine. Still, few are willing to speak up and offer a counter-theme to the new American theme regarding the family, one that they imposed upon us. Until Christians speak up, confusion will dominate. This provides us with an organic perspective regarding worldviews. This notes the requirement for diligence, which organic systems can survive without diligent maintenance. Even the Garden of Eden required a man to keep its organic nature in order. As an ever-changing organism, we want to make sure we have some say in the direction of that change. Otherwise, it devolves into perversion and confusion. This is a solid approach for identifying and understanding worldviews but it still is not quite complete. It has its weaknesses, but also provides a strong foundation. And uh, we will talk about that a little bit more. And we'll move to more of a, um, what I believe is a better working model. Being dynamic or having a dynamic model is important. It's, it's extremely important. And it keeps us practical and functional. Uh, but we're going to look at a, what I believe is a better working model in the next broadcast. Thank you for listening. And God bless.
0: We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can learn more about our ministry by visiting www.pleniusredemption.com. You can hear more Plinius Redemption podcast audio at www.pleniusredemption.media. Please comment below if this podcast has been a help to you. Also, inform us of future topics that would interest you. Thank you again for listening to the Plenteous Redemption podcast.